Good afternoon and welcome to the Jason Ranch Show on AM 770 KTTH. We are streaming on the KTTH smartphone app. Governor Jay Inslee says they've made a whole bunch of progress on cleaning up those encampments. Fact checked. Yeah, no, it's not true. It's false. And that's what's trending. What's trending? The homelessness crisis. So... We've been talking about this one particular encampment that's now kind of defined as the uh, or, or called the Myers Way encampment based on the street that it is on. This is the one in Seattle that had the pool. You'll recall I went down there. I spoke to some of the people who were living there. And while I'm sure they're very nice people, there's just something missing. They're not connecting with the reality. They're, they're kind people as far as I can tell. And at least the ones that I spoke to, they certainly seem well-intentioned. But there's a a disconnect from reality. And perhaps that is just the result of being out on the streets as long as they've been. But we know that they can't continue to stay there. And yet they were able to continue to stay there. Despite the fact that there was a murder at this one particular site. Despite the fact that across the street, the elder care apartment building... The folks there have been complaining about what's been going on, saying they're hearing gunshots go off all the time. There's crime that's happening. They don't feel safe. They don't feel comfortable. And this has been going on for a very, very, very long time. And then on top of that, add an extra seven varies. Very long times. And so Inslee finally, 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 his administration started to clean up this encampment. And he went on there, out there for a tour because he thought it was going to give him some good press because we live in a state that is unfortunately run solely by Democrats, giving them the impression that they can just go ahead and demand free press coverage whenever it is they want. And for the most part, they're right. (laughs) That's the truth. But in this case, he was going down there and, you know, at one point there was a woman who lives across the street, Diane. She ended up approaching him, complaining a bit about the whole process to get this thing cleaned up and Como News happened to be there. But the process of getting to the table, still major, major problems. They should have caught here when we first started calling them. You heard him. "Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Is that all you have? You don't have anything else? Uh Uh-huh. And while he was talking to the press, Jay Inslee engages in one whopper of a lie. It's actually rather remarkable that he said this. And I saw this quoted originally on Twitter, and most people were bagging on it. We are moving at as rapid a pace as the dollars allow. Washington State is closing encampments. It's getting people housed. It's getting people to break drug addiction. We make progress one day at a time. We've made very substantial progress in the last year. Every single part of that statement, 100% of it, is a lie. None of it is true. None of it is backed by any data whatsoever. Nothing is accurate. You think they're moving at a rapid pace? This encampment has been there for about a year. That's rapid. How many of you, regardless of where it is you live, 
driving on whatever freeway you drive on. How many times have you passed an encampment or a whole bunch of tents that have been on the sides of freeways every single day for the last several months? How many of you driving into Olympia on I-5 saw that large encampment that only grew and grew and grew over the last year or so? How many of you have seen this all throughout? And it's just just I-5 that I'm talking about. You go everywhere else, you're going to see pretty much the exact same thing. You get a little bit of an exception on, for the most part, on I-90. <laughs> That's about it. Maybe 520. Depends on how far out you go to the east side. But, but this idea, oh, we're working urgently. No, you're not. You can tell me all you want that you're closing encampments, but... Even in this one, the Myers encampment, the people who didn't accept any offers of services, they moved a few blocks away and set up a new encampment. So I'm not going to consider this a success. You're saying it's getting people housed. What does that mean? What does that mean? Forever are they in subsidized housing? They say that at the state level where we have thousands and thousands and thousands of people who are homeless. And I mean thousands of people across the state, not even just in King County, where this one is particularly um, situated. They say they've had 126, quote unquote, successful exits out of some sort of housing program. Now, assuming that's accurate, OK, that 112, it's better than zero. But 126, we're considering this a success. What's the number? Look up the most updated number in King County. I think it's about 40,000. But just in King County, what was the last homeless count? Just in King County. Because they're telling us, Jay Inslee is telling us that this has been a huge success. Because they were able, we're getting people housed. Well, 126 people are now considered successful edits, uh, exits. edits. That's not a lot. And that's obviously not a reflection of the numbers that you need to get into housing. What is it? 53. 53,000? Yeah. So 53,000. 40 must have been last year, which tells you how bad it is. Now, that number is probably – it's going to be wrong because it's based on a on a one-night count. But I, I, I'm not good at the maths. But I'm going to say 126 out of 50,000, probably not a great percentage. So, no, you're not moving with urgency. No, you're not getting people into housing. You're certainly not getting people to break drug addiction. Where did that come from? Have we all of a sudden put money into drug treatment centers and I just wasn't paying attention? Did I miss that? That's a lie. They're not making progress one day at a time. They're barely crawling And it's happening maybe one month at a time. Just the absolute audacity. And then, you know, kudos to Jeremy Harris, who's one of the few reporters in Seattle that I actually look at and say, oh, he's actually doing a job. I didn't say what kind of a job. I just said a job. No, he does a great job. I like Jeremy. And he kind of pushed back at the governor, who you can tell definitely did not like 
having anyone call out his lies. How do you break the months-long cycle of public safety disaster around these encampments? By doing what we're doing, we're making progress on these things. I know that's stunning sometimes to report, but it's true. But in the meantime, for those seniors who've had to live around this for four or five months... It's a problem. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's the frustrating. The answer is... Very frustrating. Oh, yeah, so you don't really even have an answer to that. It's frustrating. Yeah, it's frustrating because you're not getting the results. I love. I know it's it's hard for you to report. What what's hard to report? We like the fact when homeless encampments are cleared. I know it's a struggle to report. No, it's not. It's a struggle to lie. The reason why he gets mad is because Jeremy Harris there is choosing not to amplify his lie, is choosing not to just let him say what he wants to say so that he can get some positive press coverage. He expects the media to amplify every single claim he makes, even when he knows he's lying. Because the fact is, we still remain in a one-party rule state. And you get to have that kind of entitlement in a position like that. You have reporters who need access to him. And so he leverages that over them. He leverages that to get the positive press coverage. But every now and then you get a reporter that decides to push back. Every now and then, Brandy Cruz, Jonathan Cho, and now Jeremy Harris which actually, now that I think about it, might mean he's going to be fired soon or be pushed out. So maybe he should go back to just doing press releases for the governor. It's unbelievable. And then here's my final point, and then we'll move on, because I talk about this a lot. Someone here is lying, okay? You have Jay Inslee who claims the $150 million that has been allotted by the state legislature to clean up these encampments is about to run out of funding. They're about to be done with the $150 million. The Department of Commerce, which is under Jay Inslee, says there's enough money to keep operations going through June of 2025. That's a lot of, a lot of space in between failure uh, to, to continue to do operations because we're out of funding and no, you've got plenty of funding. It's not, well, there's a... a Five-month difference between where they both stand. That That's a lot. And I'm going to guess it's not the Department of Commerce that's lying on this one. I don't normally just give my, my uh, trust to the Department of, of Commerce, but I'm going to guess that it's Jay Inslee who's been lying this entire time who's just continuing to lie. Let's find out what else is trending. What's trending? Culture wars. So you've got Fox 13 and some others in the local media trying to make us somehow feel proud of two girls, two teenagers, both 14 years old, who created an app. We're supposed to feel that way, feel almost proud of that. It's like, oh, that's a cool inspirational story because these are two girls in a traditionally male-dominated field. They're getting into the STEM Field, science, technology, engineering, math. We're supposed to feel really great about that. Look, they're so creative. They created an app. Except the app, number one, is kind of lazy. And number two is just kind of disgusting. It's off-putting. They created what's being described as an award-winning app. Not sure what award it won. That lets someone locate where they can get an abortion and then where they're going to stay if the, the woman is coming from out of state to get that abortion. To my choice, housing provides housing for people trying to find abortions out of state. 
while they uh, and resources to support them while they undergo the abortion process. The abortion process. Ah. This is a form of abortion tourism. Come here, here, stay in this nice hotel. You'll love it. Get a massage, go get your abortion, come back for a nice candlelit dinner. It, the way that all of this is approached, not in this case, at least not necessarily by them, is just so incredibly off-putting. Now, Isabel, who was speaking there to Fox 13, is one of the co-creators. And she said all she wanted to do was help women. We know like we're fortunate to live in a state where abortion is legal, but a lot of other teenagers and women don't have that available or have that right. So we wanted to make a difference, I guess, just nationwide. Okay, congratulations. So two quick pieces of commentary. Number one, this is not something innovative. <laughs> Let me just get into the petty stuff first, especially because kids are involved in doing something that everyone is saying is great. And my role is to always you know, rain on their parade. I own it. That's the brand. This is not an innovative app. You can Google both abortion providers and hotels in Google Maps. Okay, this, this is not that difficult to do. The reason that it's being highlighted is because it's helping women get abortions. That's the only reason. If this was an app that helped connect you as a Second Amendment supporter to a gun shop in range, WestCoastArmyNorth.com, great sponsor, the only ones I recommend. If that was the case, if it was telling women where the crisis pregnancy centers are so that they can avoid getting an abortion, there would be no coverage whatsoever, even if it was a 14-year-old girl. I'll, I'll even make it juicier. A 14-year-old girl who's blind and missing uh, a foot. Usually, that would be a big story. Like, look, overcoming adversity. But they would never get any coverage in this case. Because this is more about pushing the very specific political perspective of being quote-unquote pro-choice, even though, especially in Washington State, we're talking a lot about pro-abortion versus pro-choice. Where these girls are, I obviously have no idea. Now, the other girl, her name is Hassini, and she said they thought a lot about abortion access, and it turns out this was a major issue amongst teenagers. We're all over social media, so uh, we saw it everywhere, and so we started taking a deeper dive into it and looking into people's individual stories, and we realized that it was a problem that impacted many teenagers around the U.S., and we wanted to see what we could do. I mean, I'll just give a little bit of a maybe a suggestion. Maybe some of those resources should be around not getting pregnant. If we're talking about teens. Now, I understand that abortion as a topic is not boding well for Republicans right now nationwide, at least when it's in the conversation around banning abortions or severely restricting abortions. But everyone is generally on the same page that and I mean this from a, a national polling perspective, the American people support abortion up until viability and that's it. And so anything that goes around that doesn't bode well for Republicans. But this is a pretty distasteful way to celebrate an app. Kudos to the girls for doing something they're passionate about. I'm not going to get upset about that. I don't love the app idea. Again, it's a little simplistic. But kudos to them for doing something that they're passionate about. I'm just turned off by the celebration, the 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 lauding of 14-year-old girls who are helping people 
take an, a life of a child. Whether or not it's legal or illegal in Washington doesn't matter to me. It's still just a weird way to talk about this issue. Let's find out what else is trending. What's trending? The economy. Some good news, bad news. Obviously, the bad news is that the price of gas continues to be unaffordable for many in Washingtonians, thanks to the Democrats and Jay Inslee. Good news is, at least for a little bit, we're going to see the gas prices rolled back in Kent, all thanks to Americans for Prosperity, Washington, and Future 42. They're holding an event tomorrow in the city of Kent to highlight some of the clear issues behind who you should vote for when it comes to high gas prices. Joining me on the line is the policy advisor for Project 42, former state senator, show friend, Simon Sefcik. Welcome back to the show. Jason, always a pleasure to talk to you. So take us through what's happening tomorrow. Yeah, so if anybody's driving uh, around tomorrow and wants to pay less at the pump, they should stop at the Jackson's uh, Shell Station in Kent, It's right off Highway 167. We're going to be discounting the price of gas from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. for two hours there to show people that they do not have to pay these insane prices. Gas should be cheaper here in this state. And so we're going to discount it to $3.82 per gallon to show what the price of gasoline should be uh, without the state's gas tax and without the carbon tax program. How much... Are we at this point, can, can we attribute to both pieces of legislation? Well, you know, we're about a dollar and 20 cents more than the national average. And that's because there's about 50 cents from the state gas tax. And then, uh, you know, anywhere from 50 to 70 cents uh, just from this year's carbon tax program. Again, uh, as I know you've covered, Jason, the very same program that Governor Inslee famously promised would only be pennies uh, is now evidently not the case. Uh, You know, people said not to trust him then. And this is just another example of why uh, we should not. Nobody should have taken his word for it. Yeah. And to be clear, he's still making that case. He's still claiming that nothing he has done or the Democrats have done is leading to an increase in gas prices to the point where across the state, our average is five dollars and six cents which is, you know, second highest in the country. It's absolutely ridiculous. We're being told that this is all due to the greedy oil companies. Well, right, Jason. And, of course, it's actually funny because there's a little bit of contradiction on their own side. You have people like Jay Inslee that are blaming it all on these oil companies that for some reason just decided to to gain a profit supposedly in Washington state at this level. Uh, But then you have people like uh, State Representative Alex Rommel, who's sort of the energy czar for the Democrats in this state, who would actually tell you that part of the entire program's purpose was actually to increase the price of gas to make you so miserable that you have to switch over to an electric vehicle or commute via mass transit. It's sort of funny that they try to claim both of those things, that it's the oil company's fault or uh, that this is the entire point of the program. Both of those things can be false, but both of those things cannot be true. Exactly. What is the Republican, you know, legislative response to this? Well, you know, I think there has to be a push to remove this carbon tax program. I don't think a reform at this point is something that Republicans should entertain uh, because there is no real way to reform this without there's no way to reform reform this without 
in a way that actually reduces gas prices. And so I think you repeal the program. It doesn't help fight climate change. It's a way for nonprofit corporate uh, companies and uh, certain energy companies to make a buck. How much bipartisan support is there on on that? I'm I'm aware of one state senator, Mark Mullet, Democrat, who is in favor of getting away from this. I, I don't know if I've heard any other – and I'm, I'm not saying there aren't any, but I haven't heard any other Democrats speak out against this. You know, I was just thinking of Mark Mullet too, but besides him, I can't I've, – I've spoken – you know, I don't want to say their names, but I've spoken to some state reps on the other side of the aisle about this. And, you know, I think they are willing to admit sort of in private that they don't like uh, the program. They think it hasn't turned out well. But the environmentalist activist community on the left is so strong that, you know, they they won't stand up to them and won't go out there and publicly say that. So it's it's the I mean, this is exactly why people can't stay in politics. They know what's wrong. Uh, they know it's right. And yet they're not they're not willing to stand up. To and it. they can't even say confidently that this is leading to any net benefit for the environment. That's the other thing. Like there, there's no evidence to suggest that any kind of pollution is going down as a result directly of this move. Right. I mean, the the very standard by which it's auctioned off is to say, you know, it's the equivalent of saying you can chop down a tree as long as you plant, you know, one and a quarter trees somewhere else, because it's using metrics, you know, not only that have failed in California, but just that are extremely hard to isolate as variables. And so that's why, again, I say I think this is a way for them to pass subsidy programs for some of these green energy companies, some of which, by the way, are being run by ex-members of the legislature mm-hmm. uh, that are now going to, to profit off of sort of this uh, uh, welfare capitalism approach. So, again, give us the details tomorrow for folks who want to get some cheaper gas from 10 a.m. to noon. Yes. Yeah, so, again, if you're driving around in King County, uh, you can... Stop by the Jackson Shell Station from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. tomorrow uh, in Kent, right off Highway 167. Or you can go to Future42, that's the numbers42.org, and you can see this information online if you're driving right now. Uh, And we'd love to see you there. There's also going to be an opportunity, Jason, for people to sign the initiatives to repeal this program to say, while we want you to enjoy the benefit today, This should not be the norm in Washington state. We should have permanent relief at the pump. 100 percent. And that's the only way, realistically, unless the legislative body changes, the makeup changes, that's the only way we're going to get any relief is if the voters actually have a say. And when the voters have a say, it's pretty clear where they stand. Simon Sefcik is a policy advisor for Project 42. Thank you so much for stopping by. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Jason. You're listening to The Jason Ranch Show. Don't forget the... Local tax expert that is the only one we endorse on the show, Greg Nunn of None Better Tax Resolution. He is growing and he is looking to hire tax specialists. So if you're passionate about fighting for taxpayers and you're interested in a great new job, give Greg Nunn a call at 425-947-1967 or Google N-U-N-N, None Better Tax Resolution. When we come back, we'll dive into the impeachment inquiry. What does it actually mean And will it help or hurt Republicans? We'll get into it. Welcome back to the Jason Rant Show. We have some breaking news, not of the 
important type, but of the, well, that is kind of news and it's breaking at the moment, but it's not going to change my life. Jenny Durkin, who deleted her text messages that would have played a key role in defining just how incompetent she was during the chop slash Chaz issue, embarrassment, stain on the history of Seattle. She will not be prosecuted by the King County Prosecuting Attorney's Office. They've chosen to give her a pass because she is a Democrat. Let's get into conversations about another indictment about Trump. Because <laughs> there's no such thing as the politicization of the criminal justice system. Got it. Right. It is rather remarkable what Democrats can get away with. And the thing is, I'm fine if you choose not to prosecute Jenny Durkin under this if you also choose to show the same deference to people that you don't necessarily like politicians or activists or whomever that you don't have any kind of adversarial relationship with. Although I will say at the same time, in fairness, we live in an area that chooses not to charge when there are assaults or break-ins or open drug use. So I suppose we can't be too shocked that in this case, Jenny Durkin will escape any kind of legal consequence. Meanwhile, we had to pay a, a large bill around this. One issue that is obviously related in a way is the announcement earlier today by Speaker Kevin McCarthy that he is, in fact, calling for a formal impeachment inquiry. I am directing our House committee to open a formal impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden. This logical next step will give our committees the full power to gather all the facts and answers for the American public. That's exactly what we want to know, the answers. I believe the president would want to answer these questions and allegations as well. Oh, no, he doesn't. Oh, no, he doesn't. Now, this doesn't mean it's going to culminate in an impeachment It usually does. I can't think of a time in which this has ever happened, actually, that hasn't culminated in an actual impeachment. But it is a constitutional process. This is all this means is that it's an investigation of some sort of possible wrongdoing that could lead to an impeachment. Now, the people who will be in charge are Congress members James Comer, Jason Smith, Jim Jordan. They have been already leading the charge in the investigations with their committees. Now, not everyone on the House side, frankly, nor on the Senate side, are in favor of launching an inquiry. Because we are kind of at a point that if they don't end up impeaching, they will then be conceding to the American public that they never had reason to even believe he broke the law to begin with. That's how it will be. Spun. In fact, it'll be spun this way. If they don't go ahead and impeach. See, they lied this entire time. They were lying to you. Don't trust the Republicans. They lied. They're lying liars who lie all the time. See that Congress member over there? You know who that is? Lying McLiar face. That's what the coverage will be. And we all know that's what the coverage would be, which is why we should look at this and try to figure out whether or not this is going to help or hurt Republicans, because this is political. Impeachments in the last few years have been nothing but political. Now, that could change in this case when we actually get some hard evidence that makes sense and people can follow, which is precisely what they need. 
They cannot come out and say, well, there's this one shell company that had some funding, but then it went to this other shell company. Here's 4,700 pages worth of financial documents. Even if it shows something was illegal, the American people will not follow that. It is very difficult to follow. I've seen the press conferences. I've read the press releases. I've done interviews with members of Congress on this very issue. And I still am confused as to what this paper trail actually shows. So it has to be something more than that. Now, obviously, it helps Republicans if they have something more than that, and they can easily convey that to the American people. Because what's going on right now that is hurting Joe Biden, two main things that are clearly hurting this administration and his reelection campaign. Number one, the economy. The impacts of his economic policy, the impacts of inflation going through the roof, that's clearly hurting people. When you look at gas prices out of control, we just spoke with Simon Sefcik about that. That is hurting Joe Biden. And number two, he's 112 years old and he acts like he's 137 years old. And people have very little faith in him even surviving a second term. And while that is a little bit morbid, I guess, it's a reality. People are legitimately talking about that, and he has not made it easy on himself. I've heard people make the, oh, well, Donald Trump is two years younger. Yeah, Donald Trump doesn't act like he's 112 years old. (laughs) That's the facts. Dianne Feinstein, she acts like that. that. Mitch McConnell, he acts like that. Nancy Pelosi kind of acts like that. She talks like it. Donald Trump doesn't. And I know that that upsets some people, I think, because they're like, okay, fine. They don't want to concede that point because they can never say anything even, not even a positive. It's kind of just like a blanket wash of a statement. It's neither negative nor is it positive. It's very neutral, but they don't want to do that. But people know that, and it was a point that essentially was made by Senator Tim Scott today on Fox. Well, one of the things I've been saying throughout Iowa, New Hampshire, on the campaign trail, it's not the strength of China. It is actually the weakness of Biden. It's not the strength of President Xi. It's not the strength of President Putin. It's literally the weakness of President Biden that puts us in jeopardy. The challenges that we see today can be absolutely changed if we didn't have a president in retreat. The good news is new leadership can turn that around. America is not a nation in decline, but under President Biden, we can feel that he is retreating from his responsibilities. He's, his mind is retreating. His body is retreating. That's what happens when you get older. That's the facts. So there's a lot here that can be beneficial to the Republicans because you're going to have voters who are saying, I don't like my personal financial situation. I don't like all this Hunter Biden stuff I'm hearing about. I don't like the fact or I'm uncomfortable with the fact that he's 112 years old. And now you've got this impeachment thing. God, too much drama. I'm out. I'm going to vote for Colonel West. Or maybe they end up voting for Donald Trump. But this obviously helps the Republicans. It will hurt the Republicans. If they allow the media to fully and wholly define this, they're going to certainly try. All of the coverage today outside of conservative media has been, even though there's absolutely no evidence that Joe Biden has ever done anything wrong in the history of his life, 
He's never even jaywalked before. They're still moving forward, those MAGA Republicans. That's going to define this entire investigation or inquiry and story. And Republicans have to be able to combat that in an effective way. And they're not going to be all that effective at in the majority of cases because they're not going to be invited on to even make the case. So they need a strategy there. Beyond that, they have to make sure that there's not a whole bunch of infighting and pushing this inquiry into an impeachment before it's ready. You've got Matt Gates, who he's become insufferable. There were times where I was like, oh, I kind of like his energy. Now I'm like, yeah, shut your big head up. And he wears, by the way, too much makeup. And I've met him multiple times. He's got caked on makeup, presumably because he's always ready to go on television. I, I, I carry makeup wherever I go. I never thought I would say that as a 41-year-old male. But I, I've got a bag that always has makeup in it for my TV hits. But I'm not wearing it constantly. I put it on before a TV you sure hit. that's not eyeliner? And I take it comp- right off. That is not eyeliner. Shut up. This is my natural color. It's maybe a little bit. Shut up. I was having an emo day. But Matt Gates, my God. Like, I I could scrape it off with a fingernail. That's how thick it is. But he was on the House floor complaining about Kevin McCarthy, saying he's going to remove him from the speakership. This is the kind of infighting we don't need on the right. This is the kind of infighting that is seen as petty. And frankly, it's selfish. Even if I agree with a small group of members of Congress, like let's say just for the sake of argument, I agree with, and we'll play audio, that with what Gates is about to say. The way he's going about doing it is not the right way. Speaker McCarthy endorsed an impeachment inquiry. This is a baby step following weeks of pressure from House conservatives to do more. We must move faster. Now, I will concede that the votes I have called for will likely fail. Term limits, balanced budgets, maybe even impeachment. I am prepared for that eventuality because at least if we take votes, the American people get to see who's fighting for them and who's willing to tolerate more corruption and business as usual. Yeah, 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 we got it. Everyone is corrupt except for you. If people don't vote exactly the way you want them to, then everyone is corrupt. I'm sick and tired of that self-defeating argument. This is how you hurt the chances to gain enough control of the House and eventually the Senate so you can move forward and actually make some changes. You have to be politically smart, strategic. And while I certainly understand the principled stances, I really do. And again, sometimes I'm in full agreement with his positions. But you're going to hurt the cause. And I would rather say no to a vote right now if it's going to hurt politically and we know it's not going to pass than force the issue on on anything. It just doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. But please go on about how you're going to take him out of power because you're on a power trip yourself. He's He's walking back on the negotiations he made with me and four other people. Yeah, we got it. 1-800-465-8770 for your text messages. 1-800-465-8770. I'll be on Fox News at night this evening. 8 o'clock. 
I'll be on Varney and Company tomorrow at 7.50 and then on the Faulkner Focus at some point in the 8 o'clock hour. I'm not entirely sure. A lot of TV coming up. If you can't watch it live, all good. Check it out on our social media channels. You're listening to The Jason Ranch Show. Welcome back to The Jason Ranch Show. This hour brought to you by American Water Damage Restoration. I really do appreciate you tuning in. We are officially two weeks away from the release of my first ever book, What's Killing America. I hope you will check it out. I hope you will pre-order it, which helps my bank account and my ego. But also, of course, I want to make sure that we actually start to spread some of the information that a lot of people aren't picking up on if they rely on say one local media outlet anyone wherever it is they live they're not going to get a full and balanced understanding of what's been going on so this is important conservative authors have a much bigger struggle much greater struggle than liberal authors in getting on bestseller lists getting quote-unquote mainstream media coverage i am no exception with i guess the exception of fox news and and newsmax they'll cover it and have been covering it for a while but outside of them i'm not counting on msnbc or cnn to invite me on for some spirited discussions where i can promote my book so i would appreciate it if you would go to amazon and pre-order the book what's killing america inside the radical left's tragic destruction of our cities. It's the kind of book that I would wait in line outside of a Barnes and Noble for seven hours just to be able to get in and get my copy. And if I was finally allowed to get in after, especially if I'm doing a signing there, there's going to be significant security you're going to have to go through. And then only to be told we're sold out of books and Jason left, I would say it was still worth the effort. I say that because people are having the opposite position uh, or reaction at the Gorge Amphitheater. Happened on Friday. The Lumineers were playing. Do they do the song? Do, do, do. Hey, is that them? Yeah. Okay. That's the only song I know. I'm sure all the listeners were able to pick up on what song that was based off of okay, just well, that. Pick out a, a clip of the Hey song. And a lot of these folks who showed up became very frustrated because there were new security check-ins that caused significant delays, traffic backups. You had these new rules going into place, which was just – it sounded like it was more of a intense security check of the cars and the individuals because there was that mass shooting that happened during Beyond Wonderland concert a few months ago. And – since that, they've obviously been looking at ways over the Grant County Sheriff's Office to up the security. But the problem is people were delayed so much that they ended up posting online that they were waiting in line for hours. We have been lining up here to get into the concert for five hours. Hours. In fact, this poor guy who ended up speaking with Cairo 7 TV said he didn't even event he didn't even get into the concert he he eventually was like okay I'm not getting in I'm done we uh met with a gridlock of cars uh it was about 7 miles um stretching out and so we waited there over 5 hours didn't hear anything from the gorge wow 
I mean, imagine that. Some folks on Twitter or X and Facebook, they were saying, quote, traffic into venue three and a half hours plus to go 7.7 miles. What's up with that? Trying to make the best of it. Yeah, you didn't. You can't make that. There's no making the best of that. Especially not to justify going to a Lumineers concert. That would be your cue to play the music. Wait, let's do that again. No, wait, stop. No, no. Hit the post. Ready? Are you ready? I need you to say something. You're just giving me a look. I can't tell if you're ready. Okay, but I want you to wait until I hit the post. I don't think that it's worthy of waiting. I said, wait till you hit the post. Okay. Chill out in a second. It'll be very good. Now, stop it. I actually didn't mean to do that one. (laughs) It'll be very clear. Okay. You ready? Are you ready? Yeah. No, that that wasn't the post. I thought you were saying. Just play some of it. It's not that good. It's a horrible song. Well, it's not a horrible song. It's not a great song. I've been trying to do it right. Okay, you're closing up. Okay, so. No, stop it. (laughs) One person uh, posted on Facebook, we missed the entire concert and won't be able to get our money back. We didn't move for over three hours and still weren't close to the parking lot. Really disappointed. And despite the fact that they did, in fact, say over at Live Nation and the Gorge and everyone was like, don't worry, we're going to give you a refund if you didn't get in. Chris, at least, is saying we feel like we're out of luck. Now the most frustrating piece is they're refusing refunds and um, Live Live Nation and Ticketmaster aren't providing any refunds and the Gorge is just stonewalling everybody. We're not able to get answers for emails or phone calls or anything. The Grant County Sheriff's Office issued an apology saying they will do better. We'll see. I mean, I don't know what I don't know how you do it better without lessening. Maybe they just went overboard in how much security they were they were offering. 1-800-465-8770 for your texts. It's the Jason Rancho.